Welcome to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you can find links to our social media accounts. Led by Pastor Mike Deese, we meet every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Now presenting this week's message. As Aaron mentioned, we are in this series of, uh, at the cross point of uh, the Daniel plan, uh, and we are on week four, and a uh, bunch of groups this morning, y'all were talking about the friend factor, is that right? Are you talking about friends? Is that yes or no? Yeah. This means yes, that means no. Good gracious, I'm about to get y'all woke up, woke up. Um, so, and, you know, I, I'm 62, in two couple of weeks, I'll be 63 years old. But I, I am just thankful that God is always teaching. You know, He is always, He is so faithful, and He's bringing us deeper still into experiencing and encountering Him. He wants you to know and experience that and not just get some information. And, and through the Daniel plan, through this time that we've dedicated to it, I believe that he has been so faithful and has been encouraging to me. So really, even though that we as a church, you've, we're, we're a smaller church and, and you hear the, the, our motto, doing life together, doing life together. We've been talking that uh, for coming up on 30 years now. But I think that he is still calling us to a deeper place of doing life together. We kind of get a little bit of the concept, but sometimes we put our twist onto that. And I think that what we are looking at today, when under the title of this message, We Are Better Together, God is saying, I really, really, really want you to understand this. We are better together, and I want you to understand even deeper what together means. Really what we're doing today is beginning a deeper revolution. It's a radical countercultural message uh, that, that we're talking about. But here's what God promises. If we will embrace what He means by being in community, true community, then uh, we will, we, it will help us handle such things as fear, Fatigue, frustration, failure, dealing with depression and despair, all of that. He will replace all of that with hope if we embrace God's work done God's way and being able to experience community together. You know, and that's exactly what we experienced at uh, Camp Grace, the big bill that uh, Aaron was talking about. Um, so the goal, uh, the goal was, and Camp Grace is where they minister and serve uh, in, uh, inner city at-risk kids. And uh, the goal was to build uh, five cabins uh, over the course of 10 days. And so uh, the first day that we got there, we got there on Friday. There was about 30 volunteers. The next day there was 100. It just multiplied. But uh, you'll see right here that this is something that no one person could do alone. No one person can do alone. You, you're constructing and framing a wall, and then you get everybody together and you're picking it up. And there's truly a sense of an accomplishment, along with the fact that uh, just making yourself available to do life together in a way to it encourages you. Uh, and yeah, there's a lot. I mean, you can you can you can only imagine. You can't do this alone. 
And, and this is the concept that God is really wanting, I think, to encourage us to embrace at a deeper level, especially given the fact that as Americans, we idolize independence. You know, we, uh, we are very guarded, you know, as far as our privacy and things of that nature. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, is that independence is a myth. We were, we were driving back uh, yesterday and we were talking about um, how bad the traffic was. Guess what? Anytime you get in a car in Atlanta, you get to talk about how bad the traffic is. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, you know, it's just, we were, you know, we were tired and all that stuff and we we're trying to make our way back. And it's like, it's the middle of the day. Come on. It was just ridiculous. And so, um, you know, I would, I'd, I'd kind of get over in a lane that seemed like to be moving and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, Roy said, you know, I watched the, you know, he said, I watched this program. You ever watch Mythbusters? Anybody, have y'all ever seen that, you know, Mythbusters? He said, yeah, they did something on that one time. They put a guy right in that right lane, you know, and I just need you to know, I don't understand you right lane drivers. I don't. I don't. I don't understand. He said, but they put a guy in the right lane, and then they had a guy just kind of weaving, you know, trying to move in there to the more... He said the right lane driver got there first every time. I said, we need to do a series called Right Lane Living. (laughs) And I need need it first and foremost, right lane, because I don't like that. I just... uh, But... um, but, you know, it's a myth when it comes... We got off on right lane living. I'm talking about independence. Um, that's a myth. God did not create us to go alone. And by the way, Aaron, the, my, my little phrase is isolation breeds delusion. I think God wants to hammer that home. Hammer that home. And the reason we isolate is because of one thing. It's called Pride. We don't want nobody knowing our business and all that kind of stuff. But God wants you to know the troubles that you have in your life is because of isolation. Not only from God, but isolation from one another. Isolation breeds delusion. A lot of the problems are because we have chosen to embrace because of the patterns. Remember, we've been talking about patterns out of Romans 12. Patterns that we've learned about this independence. But what God is saying, I want you to learn interdependence. Interdependence because we are better together. Romans 12, the first verse there on your outline in here. We took a look at this a few weeks ago. Since we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other, and each of us needs all the others. And that's what God really wants to get across to me and you is that, you know, hey, listen, stop and ask God. Say, God, show me. Because, you know, I kind of hear this stuff, and I hear it through my, my own filter, but you want me to understand at a deeper level that I need Others in the body of Christ, desperately. Not just a licking of promises, my mom would say, but to be able to do life together. To do life together in a deeper level. Uh, we need each other. We can't fulfill God's purpose in our lives by ourselves. We just can't do it. We got too many lone rangers out there, you know, thinking because of this independent mindset, you know, we've got the uh, declaration of independence. God is wanting all of us today as followers of his to make a declaration of interdependence, 
interdependence on one another. The biggest changes in my life have been a result uh, in, the, in, in, uh, in the context, a result of community in the context of a smaller group of people where you are real. That's where change happens. You know, not sitting in a big group. You know, we're not, we're not big. You know what I mean? They're, but even here, it, it can't happen just here alone. He wants us to grow smaller even as we grow larger. So I want, to look at, I want us to look this morning at the reasons why we need each other. Number one, I need others to walk with me. I need others to walk with me. You need others to walk with you. Uh, what does that mean? Well, Colossians 2.6 uh, says this, Just as you receive Christ Jesus... The Lord, so walk in Him. The Bible so often compares life to a journey, to a walk. He's saying that you and I are on this journey. We're on this walk, and we need others to walk with us. Throughout the New Testament, we're told to walk in wisdom, walk in love, walk in light, walk in obedience, walk in the Spirit, you know, walk as Jesus uh, walked. But one of the key ways that God tells us to walk is this. We're never intended or meant to walk alone. Never. But there's, you know, again, this pride comes in here and then we go, I don't really know that I want people to know this about me. Why? Because you've probably been burnt by churchanity or you've been maybe burnt by some judgmental Christians. But God is saying, listen, if it's not here, then find it. Because we pray that his kingdom come and his will be done. And he does it through the context of community. And in that community, we understand grace. Okay, we understand that we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And, and so, you know, maybe it's something we've, we've experienced in the past where people kind of looked down on us or sneered. And listen, if we're doing that, if we're doing it as believers, shame on us. Shame on us. Because we need others to walk with us. And, and, and the kind of friends that you want in your life, be that kind of friend. You want somebody judging you? Then don't judge. Encourage, support, um, but we need to, people to walk with us. Three reasons. Number one, it's safer. It's safer. This basically is safer. You know, if you're walking, you know, through some scary place, you know, it's, you want somebody with you. It's, it's just safer. Uh, that's the whole concept of our men's ministry. Hang with the herd. Hang with the herd. And if you want a good visualization of why it's safer to be in this community, in this small group, is... Um, and then watch that YouTube, Google search, YouTube, the battle at Kruger, the battle at Kruger. And you'll see it's important to hang with herd, even though the herd sometimes stinks, even though the herd sometimes kicks up a lot of dust, even though the herd, you know, sometimes it's just, it's just hot in the middle of the herd. Listen, hang with the herd. That's what God's whole concept is. He calls us into a relationship with Christ, his family, the body that we need each other. We belong to one another, it says. And this is a concept I think God just wants to just blow up some of our stinking thinking on that and get us to a place of embracing what He has said. It's safer. Number one, it's supportive. What do I mean by that? Uh, it keeps you from giving up. Uh, uh, when you have others truly walking with you, and it, it keeps you from giving up, it's supportive. You know, have you ever been like, you know, w uh, walking? Or uh, I saw that happen the other night. 
we were doing our little uh, exercise because it was raining outside. And, and so uh, Felicia had intended only to do half the workout, but, the, you know, because everybody else was doing it, she just did the whole workout. You know, why? Is it, we kind of get a little energized from it. You know, it's like I wanted to quit down there at Camp Grace uh, before I even got up. You know, I mean, they're trying to get us up at some ungodly hour and all this kind of stuff, you know. But you got these other guys and stuff that's working around you just kind of energizes you. It's a team thing. It's, it's safer. It's supportive. But uh, the third is, by the way, let me back up on that as far as uh, keep you from giving up. There's a Zambian proverb that says, when you run alone, you run fast, but when you run together, you run far. And that's what God got. And I know that I, 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 I'm guilty of this. It's like, I got my thing, I want to do it, but God, God's just reorienting it for us as His children to go, listen, it's not about what you can accomplish and you can accomplish alone. It's not about fast. It's about far. It's about far and having others experience. And then number three, we need others to walk with us because it's smarter. It's just smarter. Um, you know, I know that a lot, lot of us, you know, struggle with the fact that we think we're smarter than others, but the fact is, is that we need others in the council. Proverbs 28, 6 says, Only fools trust in what they alone think. The Bible also says in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. It's just smarter. I mean, that's just saying, you know, ask other people for their advice. Sometimes Felicia, you know, gets on to me because, you know, I'm asking. I, I, I like I like collaborating, you know, ask people for their advice and their input. And then when I don't when I don't necessarily take their advice, uh, she says, well, why did you ask them? I said, well, I collaborate, I'm, you know, and if they get their feelings hurt, you know, but I like the multitude of counselors, you know, and wh- wh- what's wrong with that? Uh, oh, well, I, I'm not going to be open to that if I'm stubborn and prideful. And God says, I want to blow that up because let me tell you, if you want to go deeper still with me, if you want to experience my grace and my love, yeah. You got to be intentional about walking with others, not this isolation. Um, this doesn't happen, uh, you know. As we uh, just just sit here, we have to be intentional uh, in in bringing other people into our life. Um, you know, one of the things that's very important is that that, that we learn to in walking together. It teaches us to learn how to cooperate and get along with people. You know, that's what happens in the context of marriage. You, you, learn how to, you learn how to cooperate. And if you don't, you're in for some trouble. When you come into the body of Christ, it teaches us to how to cooperate. Why is that important? Because that's God's heart. That's God's heart that we cooperate. You know, I had one friend who had a sign above his desk that said, life would be great if it weren't for people. You know, sometimes that's kind of where we are. And it's like, uh, but God says, no. It's people that I died for. And I want you to experience my heart for people. Not, not your perspective. Not saying, oh, this is just the way I'm wired. No, 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 no. I don't, I don't care what your personality type is. God's saying we need others to walk along with us. Genesis 2.18 says it is not good for man to be alone. That's not just talking of gender. It's right after creation. That's what God said about it. It's not good to be alone. But 
so much of what we have going in our world today, technology and all this kind of stuff, uh, automatic garage door openers and all that, it, it just lends itself to isolation. But isolation breeds what? Delusion. All right? Ah, God, God, break us free from that. His antidote to us being alone is two, two families. One, our physical family. Some of us did okay there. Some of us, like, it's like, whew, I want to do over. You know, he did. Spiritual family. Spiritual family. The physical family don't, won't, necessarily, don't, won't necessarily stay together, but the spiritual family will for all eternity. And he's called us to be his children in his family. And Hebrews 10 puts it this way. This is the next verse here. It says, let us not give up the habit, habit. You've got to get in a habit. And your habit's going to be interrupted a little bit next week because you're going to have to get here earlier. Uh, let us not give up the habit of meeting together. Instead, let us encourage one another. Uh, th- this is just basic Bible verses that you and I have heard, but he's saying, I want you to embrace this. I want you to understand this. Uh, we are created for community. And um, what this verse is not talking about is what we're doing right now. You know, let us not give up the habit of meeting together. It's not talking about coming to big church or medium-sized church or small. It's, it's talking about getting together in the, in the temple courts and and from house to house. Um, God's answer. I mean, community is God's answer to loneliness. Next slide. Community is God's answer to loneliness. We are better together. Now, this verse uh, <laughs> that, that we're about to look at uh, is, is from the message. I, I kind of I like, I like the way it, it, it helps us to think through it. Uh, but it's saying because life is about relationship and not achievement, this is what he's saying. He says, when you gather, each one of you, each, each one of you, not just the preacher, when you gather, each one of you, be prepared with something useful for all. Sing a hymn, teach a lesson, tell a story, lead a prayer, provide an insight, take your turn with no one person taking over. That way you will all what? Learn from each other. There's something that I can learn from every one of you. Every one of you. And there's something that you can learn from me. And, and, and you can't, you know, you can't do this right here. We're not doing that. You know, we're, we're, right here in big church, everybody's not singing their own solo. Everybody's not teaching a lesson or telling a story or leading a prayer or providing insight. So where does this happen? This happens in our groups. Where does this happen? Not even in a class setting to where you're lectured. It happens in the context of groups. You know, and that's the reason we say uh, the greatest, most dynamic changes happen in the context of small groups. Uh, Ephesians 4, the next verse there, as each part, it's talking about the body of Christ. As each part does its work, it helps the other parts grow. So Christ's whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. That's what God wants. He wants me and you to experience as it helps the other parts grow. So the whole party is healthy and growing. And what God wants to do right now for you is to say, stop, stop. Because some of you are going, well, I ain't got much. To eat. No, 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 he's stop. It's never about what you and I can give. It's about what God does through us. 
how, how He ministers through us and our dependence is on Him. He said as each part does its work. So it's just in exhorting us to kind of let God get, just reframe our thinking about how we are interdependent on one another so the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. A, a, a lot of the, the problems in churchanity is whenever you know we structure it according to what we think rather than what God's Word has to say. And, and I, I do believe that God has, has, has blessed us in ways to where we, we experience community in a, in a special way. But I think he wants to take us deeper still. Were you okay with that? Deeper still? To learn even more about that? All right, number two. I need others, uh, I need others to walk with me, but I also need others to work with me. Did I, did I miss a... Uh, oh, yeah, First Peter. Go back to that one. We need, we need to touch on this one. Because we need others. It says, open your homes to each other without complaining. What is, what's that talking about? Uh, again, it's, we, we do that in some rooms up there, but we're seeing more of that during the Daniel plan is we're kind of having these midweek deals. And, and, and the reports I'm getting is there's some deeper still stuff going on there. Yeah, because it's, we're not in that normal setting. It's deeper still where more and more interaction is going on. And God's kind of ruffling some things up, and that, that, that's, that's good. And we're able to address that and be able to, to pray together and encourage with one another. But it says each other without complaining. You know, so it's saying, you know, don't complain about God saying, hey, I want you, I want you, to, I want you to really be better together. And I'd love to see him open, you know, put upon us where we open up more and more of our homes together. Because, I mean, there's just something about that. And, you know, so what's the excuse? Uh, So, well, my house isn't as nice as some other people's house. What's that, pride? Okay, my house is kind of dirty. And we deal with that all the time. But let me tell you this. Because a lot of you that have been to my house, you know, you're sitting on dog slobber. I mean, it's just there. You got dog hair. We try, you know, we try to clean it up sometimes, but it, uh, what's, that, what's, the, what's Felicia's little plaque? Martha Stewart doesn't live here? It's, uh, she ain't even close. She ain't even in the neighborhood. Okay, see, Felicia's not here, and so I can say all this kind of stuff. No, but I'm part of that. Okay, listen, I'll tell you this. Well, uh, here's what I've learned. Uh-huh. Relationships, people are looking for true, genuine relationship. They aren't looking to be impressed. And that's, that's us. That's us. Oh, and I, and I can remember, I get up tight like, Felicia, come on, come on. Are you kidding me? We cannot, you cannot have that Wednesday Bible study tomorrow. Look at this place. She goes, I don't care. I mean, you know, I'll do what I can. But she, hey, relationships are more important than style. Come on. Golly, Jesus, help us understand. I also, number two, I also need others to work with me. I need others to work with me. Um, you know, really, as we come to, to this verse right here, uh, Ephesians 2, 10, it says, God made us to do good works. Uh, one of Tammy's favorite verses in the different translate. God made us to do good works, which he planned in advance for us to live our lives doing. What's he saying? He said, God has a plan for you. He planned it in advance. 
Before you were even born, uh, God decided the talents He's going to give you, the natural abilities He's going to give you, uh, the background. He chose where you would be born. And, you know, the, the more countries I visit, the more I'm going, God, wow, thank you so much that I was born. You know, at the time I was born in, in, a, in a place to where Jesus, you know, was exalted. Now, we're, we're slipping, and that's the reason God wants His community, His family, to stand up, stand up for Jesus and to press into Him. But anyway, God, you know, He's got this that He wants us to do. And what it means is that He wants us to use the gifts and what God, how God has wired us to help others to experience Him. Um, in heaven, you know, we're, we're, we're going to continue to work. We're going to worship God and we're going to serve God. That's one of the things that we're going to do. And right now, we, He wants us to practice so we can get better at it. But number two, He wants us to do it in, in order that other people would be able to experience the good news of Jesus Christ. We need others to work with us. And He needs us to do our part, me to do mine and you to do yours. Uh, and what happens so often to us is we get worn out. I mean, we, we get exhausted. We get burned out. Some of you maybe came here today and you're just, you've heard one third of what I've said because you're exhausted and you're, and you're nodding off a little bit. Why? Because one of the reasons is you're trying to do too much by yourself. Well, isn't it my responsibility? Me, myself, and I. And God says, wait, I didn't even, where did that come from? Declaration of Independence. And how we prize that and how we see that. And God just God wants to do a work in our hearts and our lives. Um, God never meant for us to go through life working alone. And we could see, you know, you, you have those times where you are able to, to have that real true teamwork to where you see everybody doing their part and how it just maximizes. Not only, not only the project, but your heart. I mean, we were, we were tired when we came out, but man, our hearts were full, weren't they, guys? I mean, I had to drag some of the guys off the site. Said, you know, I took you down here and I'm going to bring you back. Your wife told me I had to. Um, so yeah, it, just, it just maximizes so much. Uh, Ecclesiastes 4. Two people are better than one because they get more done working together. The Bible is just so full of just, just truth. It's so practical. You know, when we're doing it together, it's a lot more fun. It's a lot less tiring. Uh, and, and it's in the context that we learn other skills and we learn to cooperate. That God is just doing so much. Even Mother Teresa, you know, uh, you know, we think about her, but she had an army of people that joined with her. She didn't do it alone. Jesus didn't do it alone. And God doesn't want us to do it alone. Community is God's answer to fatigue. Community is God's answer to fatigue. You know, one of the things that Dave Prodmore is good about is asking people to help. Matter of fact, I mean, I, I do that a lot of times. A lot of you have been roped in. I say, hey, can you help me do so-and-so, doing so-and-so? A lot of you are going with me to Grady down to work. I take you down to Grady to work. You know, and people go, why would they want to do that? I said, I don't know, but I'm going to ask. You know, I, don't, I do know they get some Debbie's food. That helps, I'm sure. But if you're passionate about something, you don't mind asking people to help. 
if you're doing what you believe God wants you to do, I think we might need to get a little bit more passionate about the work that God has prepared in advance for us to do so that we need to be less intimidated about asking for help. Community is God's answer to fatigue. Some of us are worn out. Why? Because we live by that model. If it's going to be, it's up to me. And God said, no, that's... That's one of them American deals. That's one of them American slogans. That's not from me. That's not from me. Galatians um, 6.10 says, Every time we get a chance, let us work for the benefit of all, starting with the people closest to us in the community of faith. We need to start and begin right here to do that. Number three, I need others to watch out for me. I need others to watch out for me. We're going to, we're going to get into just a little bit of this because I think this is so important. We're not going to finish the whole thing. What was your prayer this morning, Steve? Is Be with Pastor Mike during the 11 o'clock hour. <laughs> and I think I was reminded two times of your prayer after that. We're barely within that 11 o'clock hour, so I'm going I'm to wrap it up in just a minute. Uh, I need others to watch out for me. That means I need other people to defend me, to stand up for me, to protect me, to help me stay on track, to watch my back, to warm me. Philippians 2, 4 says, look out for one another's interests, not just your own. And again, we need to ask God to help us check our motives on that, some of this stuff because some of us have a tendency to be busybodies and all that kind of stuff. But when we come, when we come under the grace of God and the love of God and understand, if it were, you know, where in the world would I be if it were not for God's grace and God's mercy? And then we take that and turn it and we extend that. And then, and then, and then we, and, and, and we spend enough time with God to where we can really be honest with Him and let Him speak over us. And that's the reason it's so important for us to know who we are in Christ because what we try to do and what so many Christians do, it, it, you know, it, they determine their value and their worth and, and, their, and, and their relationship based on their performance. It's so important that we understand how radically and wonderfully God loves us, and it's not because of us, but it's in spite of us. <laughs> and we are loved unconditionally by Him, and so He sees us covered in, in, the, in, the, in the life of Jesus. We're covered in, in what He's done, and so we're not trying to live our lives with God or anybody else based on what we can do or or, our background, but we're living it based on who we are in Christ. Okay, and so when we get to that particular point, then we're able to just be honest with God. And when we're honest with God, then we stop projecting on other people this stuff that we're guilty of doing. You know, if you're... you're, if you're not a very trustworthy person, if you're kind of deceitful and all that, guess what? You're going to think that everybody else is deceitful. 
If you're a manipulator, then you're going to think everybody else has got an angle and they're a manipulator. You're just going to take and just, oh, throw this stuff up on people around you. Let God free you up of that. And when He does, and other people can help in that, but just let God say it's a safe. You're in a safe environment. You've got this safe group of people that have God's best interest and your best interest at heart, and you'll learn to be able to allow people to watch out for you, to have your back. To say, to say, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to let you, I'm not going to let you quit. I love you too much. I'm not going to let you get down and worry about that. You know, I'm not going to let you go through that alone. Neighborhood watch signs. Any of y'all been in a neighborhood that had that neighborhood watch and then you got the signs up and let people know, we watching. Now that's, that's a sign of community. We watching. You know what they're watching? You know, they're watching your stuff. And when you go out of town, you let them know, say, we're going to be going on vacation for a week and a half. Would you watch my stuff? And that's good. That's good when you got somebody watching your stuff. Matter of fact, come not only watch my stuff, come take some of my stuff. We got a lot of it in my house. Just take it. Please. But here's a question I want to ask you. You know, as important it is for people to watch your stuff, it's more important to have people watching your soul. And, 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 and he's called us to do that. And he wants us to experience and know the freedom that, that we can. Do you have anybody really, really watching your soul? Are you still like, no, nah, I got it. I got it. God's proclaiming we are better together. Lose your pride. Jesus was stripped naked and crucified, fully exposed. Listen, what's been holding you back is what you think some people will think of you. I mean, you're, you, 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 I mean, you like communities some, but he's saying, no, 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 no. There's a deeper steel. There's a deeper steel that is going to blow your mind. That is absolutely going to blow your mind. Let go. Surrender. God's already said the worst thing that could be said about you. Nobody can say anything worse. He said, you are a sinner that has been an affront to God that calls this to my son. But he's also said the best thing that can be said of you. He said, you're my child. You're my child. And we came to a place where we're going, okay, 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 okay. Then all of a sudden, the Spirit of God can do a work to bring us to a place to where we truly are better together. And who gets the glory? God does. Who enjoys the ride? We do. That's His promise. And His promises never fail. Pick up on three and then go to four and five next week. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you so much for your amazing love and your amazing grace. Thank you that, Lord, you have invited us to this 
experience of of this Daniel plan. Yeah, the the food and the and the fitness and and the focus and the faith, but the friends, the friends. Lord, you have given us the avenue to experience deep abiding friendships. Would you, through your Holy Spirit today, show us what's keeping us from really, really experiencing that? Because community, your community, is the antidote to loneliness. It's your answer to loneliness. When we're truly in community, we don't find ourselves just flat out fatigued, but because community and the way you want us to experience community is your answer to fatigue. Lord, I pray today that you would just lead us to that place to where each of us in our heart and our mind would say, Father God, I need community. I want to know and experience this better together that you want for your glory. I'm yours. I surrender my independence to you today. Break me of my prideful ways that has held me back for so long that's kept you and others at a distance because of my declaration of independence. I surrender that today and I receive your grace and your forgiveness and the hope of your strength and power and love. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you'll find links to our social media accounts. We gather every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Tune in next week.